views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everybody, what a day. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Transformation Talk Radio, and much more. Um, You know, some sadness uh, over the weekend for those of us that um, just absolutely love and adore Wayne Dyer. You know, just some sadness that uh, in in his transition, and, you know, I want to take a moment to speak about that before we start today's show. Uh, And the reason that that's important to speak about for me is because, you know, when I first started this about 13 years ago, new radio host on a platform that really existed in maybe a couple of places on the planet, you know, and KKNW is one of them, WBLQ now another, and now there are many all over the planet. Hay House Radio was not in existence. And, you know, what happened was... I believe that folks saw the benefit of, you know, what this little station in Seattle started to do. And all of a sudden now that people got to reach out through many venues of radio. But 13 years ago, as a radio host buying airtime in an independent status, you have to think a minute. Who are the people that would even think about saying, yes, I will do an interview with you? Yes, it would be great. Well, I go back to my friends at Hay House Radio because out of the gate, they were the folks that said yes. And Dr. Wayne Dyer was one of the first to come to the forefront to say, yeah, you know, we will, I would love to do a show on the then known as Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life. And I, in, in all the years I've been doing this, I've never forgotten that and never forgotten his generosity and his humility and what he did, you know, to take a very powerful message out in the world. And in his honor, we are going to be putting clips together uh, uh, that we have to honor his work and honor his message. And he will surely be missed in this world. And I wanted to take a minute to, to mention that. Uh, for those of you out there that had not heard. Um, so it is, um, you know, it is, it is for many of us part of our life's journey, part of what we get to say yes to or not in this world. And how grateful, how grateful I am for not just his message, but for the life that I get to, to sign up for and how important it is to take a moment of gratitude for 
what we do in the world and how we do it. And through he and many, many others, it is this time that we live in where 143 million of you listen. That is a number that is new to the world of uh, audio radio, digital radio, and new language now, and podcasting. I remember a time when podcasting was looked at as something that was less than. Now, the question is, you know, are you one of of the millions of people out in the world that listen to positive talk radio, that listen beyond listening to something that we have now come to know as transformational radio. And so it is with the Wayne Dyers, the Dr. Wayne Dyers of the world, that I am very grateful because it was so important for their support along the way so that this kind of message and a show like today's show could be shared with all of you. And this is why I love doing what I do. You know, today I get to introduce you to another transformative change agent in the world. You know, to somebody that has too said yes to a life that is about sharing a message and about helping other people. And, you know, what is it that that calls us to come forth in life? What is it? Uh, Toinette uh, Lippi is joining me here today and the book is nothing left over a plain and simple life but it's not just a book it's really a conversation isn't it about what we say yes to and how we get caught in the world in in the lives that we live in so I am so thrilled to be having all of you uh, meet her someone that has had to say yes in her own life And yes, in a way that makes a difference in the world. But how do we get where we are? How do we do this? And how do we step into our yes with ease and grace? Toinette, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. It's wonderful to be with you all. I want to ask you, first of all, the book title, Nothing Left Over, A Plain and Simple Life. I, I am always fascinated when I get to speak with people that have not just come out and talk about the journey, but have come out and are living the journey. So I want to ask you, you know, what has been your greatest challenge, your greatest obstacle? What has been that thing that you had to literally overcome to be with us in this moment today? I don't know that I can answer that. I, you know, I, I what I can say is that um, I I was born in London and I lived my first twenty five years there, um, and uh, I used to say no to many things mm. that were offered to me in England, and I never had any desire to come to the United States. But one day, um, somebody came to visit my boss, I worked for a British publisher, Mm -hmm. and I had met him for five, ten minutes the previous year in New York City where I'd gone on vacation. And he asked me to come and work for him. And, you know, I didn't have any desire to go to the United States, but I remembered that the woman who had been his assistant before had returned to London and become the editor-in-chief at the publisher where I was working. So I thought to myself, it's a bit silly to say no, which is my norm. 
So I said, yes. I said, I'll come if I can come just for a year, because she had just been there for a year. And he said, I want somebody forever. And so I said, well, uh, you might not live that long. <laughs> and, and I said, if I do come, can I come just for a year? And he said, yes. And I ended up working for him for 22 years. And then he left me to go and run the New Yorker. But um, once I got here, even though I had said I would come for a year, uh, it, I just kept saying yes. So it, for me, once I arrived here in New York City for a year, and now it's 51 years, yeah. it's been a long year, um, I, it has not occurred to me to say no. I know that's not really what you asked, but that's how, how it seems to me. Yeah, that is actually that is actually what I what what I ask because you know one of the things I ask are 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 about the challenges and obstacles. It's a question I've been asking for 13 years. You know, go, fast forward to over 10,000 interviews, and the reason that that question becomes important to me is because I love what you said. This is really what I'm finding now for myself: the power of yes. And there's a meaning behind that that I'd like you to share. Because if I'm going to step forth and I'm going to step in the light of yes, what does that really take me take for me to let go of? No, you, this may sound strange, but um, mm -hmm. I think it's easier to say yes than to say no. If you refuse something, you know, there's guilt and a lot of other things that <laughs> hang around. And if you say yes, you just have to move right into it. You don't, you're not thinking anymore. You're just... Yeah responding to the need in front of you, whatever it may be. Um, I, yeah. I honestly think it's that simple. I don't think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think in the book you talk about something that you say, offer no resistance. And, yes. you yes. know, I love that, offer no resistance. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, I don't use them anymore, but it reminds me of growing up. And all of a sudden they came out with these frying pans, right? And the frying pan, you know, I grew up with a mom from the South, and so all we had was cast iron. But to clean cast iron, it was crazy. So all of a sudden, they come out with this pan, this nonstick pan. Mm -hmm. And so what and I hear you saying is we can actually create a nonstick life. <laughs> yes. yes, we can. <laughs> We're going to take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk about nothing left over, a plain and simple life. You know, are we fully aware of what this offer no resistance means? And then if we do that, what are the expectations that come along with that? Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with my very special guest joining me here today, uh, Toinette Lippe. And by the way, we'll let you know how you can find out more about her, uh, more about the book, and uh, more about your own journey into the realm of no resistance. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. A morning filled with dynamic, inspirational music, spirituality, and uplifting messages by T.J. Woodward. Come and connect with community conversations and awaken your senses. Awakened Living Sundays with T.J. Woodward. Join T.J. every Sunday in the San Francisco Bay Area Chapel at Fort Mason and live streaming online 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time. To learn more and access the live stream, visit www.awakenedlivingsf.org. Tune in each Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. This is an inspirational, cutting-edge radio show educating worldwide listeners on a diversity of Lyme disease-related topics. Each week, Katina will interview some of the world's leaders in health, wellness, spirituality, and human potential. For more information, visit LimeLightRadio.com. Each month, listen to Live More Radio with co-host Allie Katz. Join Allie and Dr. Pat as Allie introduces new ways to bring balance back to your life through meditation, sleep, and exercise techniques so you can live your truly authentic life. Stress less, live more. To learn more about Allie, visit livemoreradio.com. The doctor is in. Tune in to the hit show, The Psychic Love Doctor, with host Deborah Lee. Deborah's life-affirming, highly perceptive reading method has taught Deborah how to zero in on specific problems with relationships, career pursuits, and current roadblocks to success and happiness. This inspiring show will help you never feel helpless in life or love ever again. Join Deborah Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Everyone, welcome back. What a great, great conversation. And for those of you out there, it's just a beautiful book, beautiful. And there's so many things that I that uh, I I love to ask Toinette as we're doing the show. Uh, just so many things. It's one of these books that when I get a book like this, you know, and I think about it, and the book I'm referring to is Nothing Left Over, A Plain and Simple Life. You know, I tend to start to flag pages in the book that get my attention. And so when I started to flag them, I have these little, you know, these little post-it things that I put in the different pages. And what I realized is after doing this today, there were just so many, I wasn't exactly sure the direction it was going to go. But I do know that all of these conversations, I get to be guided. Twinette, thank you for joining me here today. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. You know, I I wanted to talk a little bit 
um, about no resistance, about this idea of what happens when we're willing to step into that space. And, and also, what this has come to mean for you. I know that if folks haven't read the book, they're not going to have the benefit of what I just read. But we talked briefly about it, about this idea of offer no resistance. What it, are the expectations? And, and, you know, I'm one of the few people that will actually use the word expectation. What can we expect of a life where we offer no resistance? Well, I think that resistance comes from thinking about things. Um, if you, once you start arguing with yourself, shall I, shan't I, uh. should, no, should I, which is even worse, yeah. <laughs> or shouldn't I, then all hell can break loose. So, um, I, for instance, yesterday I was in the subway and, um, I saw a child about to fall. We were in in the train, mm-hmm. not not on the platform. Yeah. And and automatically my body moved. You know, and then his mother caught him. So it was all right. Right. But I was it wasn't, you know, I hadn't there was no thought in my head. It was just what needed to be done in that moment. And I didn't think about myself. I just saw a need. I think that's really what it's about. When you see a need, whatever it is, um, you can step step up, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not an American, but step up to the plate because, yeah. um, you know, if you're the one who sees the need, it's because you you can do something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then part of that is intuitively knowing that that happens. You know, we, we go back and forth around uh, in, in this culture that we live in, around spirituality, intuition, uh, religion, so many things. And I made, um, I made a reference um, to Dr. Wayne Dyer earlier in the show who, who passed this weekend and in sadness. And when I first started this 13 years ago, there were not shows. Generally, there were about five of us doing a show like this at the time. And this wasn't a venue that, you know, would hit the mainstream. And yet there were so many people that showed up intuitively um, for, for us and for this message. And I wanted to ask you in your journey, what role has intuition played? Um. Well, I, I don't know that I can add more to what I've already said. Um, it doesn't feel to me like intuition, mm-hmm. but uh, I just always move into the situation. Um, I, I just don't hesitate. I, I'm somebody who works very fast in whatever I do. So I've usually moved into the situation before I've thought about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just something in me responds to it and um, even though what's being asked I mean what what the need is maybe something that I'd rather not do or um, I wish somebody else would do it's I'm there I'm in the situation before that idea comes up and mm-hmm. then I wouldn't dream of backing off wow that's I really it. how it, it operates I mean like the, there's something I think is in the book where I um, yeah, I I went to visit 
years ago, I went to visit a friend um, who had adopted two small boys. Mm-hmm. And um, when I, she'd invited me to come over. And, and when I got there, um, I saw that she was completely exhausted. Um, and so I, I just said to her, um, you, you go and, and have a nap and I'll entertain the boys. Now, you know, I had planned on being there for 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know the boys that well. But I could see that nobody else was going to do this. You know, that's what she needed. She needed to rest. She was very hassled. Mm. (laughs) So I I think that if um, if you get used to doing this, moving moving right into that it's a space i mean my my whole life i can is is nowadays particularly in my painting it revolves about empty space i do chinese brush painting and i try to see how much space i can put into my painting so when an opportunity or a, an emergency arises um, there's a little space, and the thing to do is to enter it. And um, that's the way it feels to me, entering yeah. that space and being supported mm-hmm. by the space in some way. Well, I think this relates to something I was talking with you during the break, you know, and I'd love for you to talk about this because I'm really struck by this today. Um, And it's not just today that I'm struck by what I'm about to read, but it's been, you know, about the past six months of my life, you know, I've really been looking at things very differently. And it is something that you reference in the book, and I would love for you to talk about it, Zen Master. Uh, Dogen observed, and this is what you say, each day is valuable. Do not compare it with a dragon's bright pearl. A dragon's pearl may be found, but this one day, out of a hundred years cannot be retrieved once it's lost this when i read that you know there's such a a sadness that hits my heart because that the the truth of this statement for so many that have been so busy to really stop and even breathe why why was this statement uh in the book why was this important to you personally well, one one of the things is that um, I notice that people are always looking forward. Mm-hmm. People will say to me, um, oh, you're going on vacation, whatever. Are you looking forward to it? Are you getting excited? And I, I am puzzled, and I say, no. And they say, Why, what, what do you mean? And I said, I don't, I don't get excited, and I don't look forward, because you can be disappointed. Mm-hmm. So I try to remain in this moment while it's happening because this is the only moment, this is the only chance I have to experience this moment. I will experience that moment on vacation when I'm on vacation. I don't see that there's any benefit in thinking about the vacation before you've arrived. Well, if you're thinking about the vacation before you've arrived, then you're not, you're not in the present the moment, moment you're right. in. <laughs> yes. Right? Exactly. Right. Yes. And so if I'm thinking about the vacation or I'm thinking about the next show or I'm thinking about later today, then I'm not enjoying the moment that I have with you. 
And before and, I know and you can moment, lose yourself there. You can get distracted and suddenly you realize you didn't hear what the the interviewee has just said. Right. Your mind was somewhere else. Right. Or I'm going to some question that I'm supposed to ask you next. But what I do is I just love having the opportunity to have these conversations with you. I mean, they're so important for the world we live in today. And, you know, what I found really interesting is, you know, as I was reading the book, there's just this beautiful connection that I love about how we get to talk about this. And then you, I open the book up and we're now having a conversation about the habit of truth. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to let everybody know how to get their own copy of the book. Uh, And for those of you out there, we're also going to let you know how to find out more about Tournette. And uh, when we come back, what is it about this habit of truth? You know, does truth truly set us free? We're going to take a short break, everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. For those of you out there, you can find out more about us by going to thedrpatshow.com. Or if you want, you can go to Facebook, The Dr. Pat Show, Twitter, The Dr. Pat Show. Lots more to come for those of you out there. If you have a question, uh, please give us a call, 1-800-930-2819. We'll be right back. You are not going to want to miss this event with Lynn Brown and Wendy R. Wolf. This workshop will open you up even further and challenge you to trust your heart and intuition. Learn directly from the energy of Ascended Master Lady Portia. Join Lynn Brown and Wendy R. Wolf Thursday, September 17th from 6 to 9 p.m. in Bellevue. To register or learn more about this event, email lynn at ruintuit.com or call 206-931-7356. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong. For the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. 
The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Wow, everybody, it is so great uh, to have Toinette joining me here today. And before we jump ahead and talk about, this is really cool, you know, you're probably thinking to yourself, my gosh, this is the interview they give me to do today first, really? Well, there's so much that I wanted to talk with you about. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm kind of stuck on a couple of the chapters that are kind of running together here. Uh, But what I would love to do before we get to the habit of truth is to have you uh, let folks know the best way they can get a copy of the book, but also to find out more about you. Um, well, I, I have uh, a website, TwanetteLippy.com. Luckily, nobody else had taken that name, so that was real easy for me. And there you will find um, most aspects of my life, how I was in book publishing for 50 years. I had my own spiritual imprint as part of Random House, where I published 70 books, and I also worked at Alfred Knopf for 30, 33 years, mm-hmm. um, and when I quit um, work, on the, mm-hmm. when I was 62 on the day my son started work, thinking that, I would pay, that I'd paid my dues to society. Mm-hmm. The next year, I stumbled over Chinese brush painting, and I've been studying that ever since and have been teaching now for seven years so you can find about my books and how I approach painting and look at the paintings and cards you can also buy copies of my books there if you want to pay full price but you can go elsewhere if you want to get them cheaper but if you come to my website I'd be happy to autograph them for you that's great so I think you um, probably would enjoy my site Oh, so I encourage you. you to go there Yes, thank you so much, and we'll make sure we give out that information again. Uh, you. you know, it's interesting uh, that I get to talk with you, someone that has been in this world of publishing, been in this world of taking messages uh, of others, helping others take their message out into the world in many ways. And, you know, there are many ways to do that. And, and now here you are with yours, as you have been before. And what I'm really struck by is, um, and this is just a, a little joke here for me, because I interview so many authors. I think you heard me earlier in the show as I was talking about Dr. Wayne Dyer being one of the first out of about 10,000 yes. interviews that I've done. Yes. And Wonderful. I was joking a little bit about that. And 
and you know this, I have more publicists, I have some publisher friends, I have some book agents saying to me, Pat, when are you going to write your book? And so I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And that really leads me to the chapter about the habit of truth. Because I tried to do to write a book, and I think you know this in the world that you've come from, it wasn't really about what I was writing about. It was something less than the truth of what I, my soul was really asking for. And I wanted to ask you about the habit of truth in the book and what, is, what this has come to mean, not just for you, but to the spiritual journey of so many. Um, well, when, when my son was quite small, um, I emphasized to him that it was very important always to tell the truth, mm-hmm. if for no other reason. And there were certainly many other reasons, but I didn't think he would necessarily understand them. But if for no other reason that it's very complicated when you don't tell the truth, because if you, if I tell you, Pat, one thing, mm-hmm. and then I tell somebody else another thing, and a third person a third thing, I have to remember who I told what to. Yeah. And that, that is, is very complicated. But um, the habit of truth is something that's um, a very clean way of living. Maybe I can put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's nothing extra you just tell it like it is, and um, you do the most, you act in the most honest way. Um, but again, it was, it's, it's connected to what I said right at the beginning, which is that I just move forward into the situation. So it's, um, it's clear to me. That, let me give you an example. Um, sure. I had a friend... Um, some years ago, and she called me one day and she said, I've just been for three interviews and I can't decide which which of these jobs to accept. And I said to her, um, well, have they offered you, any of them offered you a job? And she said, no. Mm. So I said, well, there's, there's, there's no point in thinking about it. <laughs> and because, you know, if you choose one and then you get offered a different one, you're you're in a worse quandary. Just wait until um, until somebody actually offers you a job. And she couldn't. She she just couldn't accept that. And I was going to say, of course, because it. But of course, it's, it's not not a very nice thing to say because she didn't get offered any of those jobs. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like it, it, such a waste of time to address a question that is not relevant to the state of affairs. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a great shame when you could use that energy to do something that does need doing right in front of you. Yeah. I mean, isn't that so the energy of that, that, It's not that it's lying, but yeah. it's, it's avoiding the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, isn't that the energy of worry? You know, what happens when we are thinking about things, A, that haven't happened yet, and mm-hmm. probably be that we just do not have an inform- enough information to actually call it factual yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the yeah. state of what I like to call, it's in the state of lim- worry limbo. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, it's like the, the, uh, the prequel to worry where we're starting to gear up for it. I mean, and, 
any of that takes away from what you were talking about earlier. It takes yes, it's like away fogs the issue. Yeah, because yeah. it's not really relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and let me ask you this: I mean, if to be in this place of knowing about the your life, our lives, the lives we live, and to live in that place of what is possible is the sense that I get you know when I read this book the world of possibilities not the world of problems you know the world that we live in and yet at the same time you as with so many were faced with the balancing routine and how did you come to terms with that because here you are successful woman New York family uh, and there had to be sort of a, you know, this review that you got to do with yourself in your life. You, you mean when I was bringing up my son? Yeah. I'm not, not sure exactly what, what you're asking me here. How did you, how did you get to look at balancing a career? Because this is, this is what women say right now in the world is their greatest challenge. This is what they, they, this is one of the things that comes up right at the top of the list is how do I create a life where I can have the passion and purpose of a career, raise a family, you know, do the kinds of things that I love to do. And for some reason, this is a point of stress, enormous stress in our Mm -hmm. society right now. Well, I have to say that um, I put too much of my emphasis on work. Mm-hmm. If you're in publishing, none of your reading and editing gets done at work. It gets done at home. So you have to do all of the office work, you know, and then you bring it all home with you. And my son never saw me do anything else but work. Mm-hmm. And it, it, because I, I, I felt that I didn't have time to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that's never true. Um, and I, I regret that. Um, and which is why I'm enjoying my retirement so much. <laughs> um, but it is extremely difficult to balance all those things. Um, and you can do it, as I said earlier, only in the moment. You, you have, you know, you've got the, the family, the work, and the play. And in any given moment, one is the most important. And you have to be, uh, you have to see clearly. Mm-hmm. you know what what this moment is for and not be the way I was for, for many many years thinking mm-hmm. that for, I have to get the work done first there's always more work yes you know you're never going to finish <laughs> yes 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 so you can't come from that and I would beg everybody who's listening not to follow in my footsteps um, for so long although I did stop at 62 and uh, <laughs> Which is a little early, but it life is. has been great fun ever since. Well, I mean, I and, and you know, what was it that got your attention to be able to do that? Because you know, for many of us, that I started working at a very young age. For many of us, you know, in the place that we go, um, and 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 work is a mainstay. Now I do something that I actually don't call work. Yes, it is work. Work. But it's a different kind of experience for me. You now said you paint, and uh, and and I. Do you consider that work, or do you consider that play? I'm just curious. Did you consider your work work, well, or did you it's consider a sixty-four thousand dollar question that you put your <laughs> finger on? Because 
I know that I will not um, paint the way I want to paint until mm. I see it as play. And I'm still pushing myself. I, I'm still working at it. And I know that this right there on my home page that I, I admit all of this. Yeah. I know that the only way to paint something really wonderful is to be at play. Um, and not, I mean, of course you have to learn the technique, but then you have to let go. And um, I don't mean that I'm never, I never let go, but I, I have this work ethic so strongly in me that it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, you and I have that in common. <laughs> I mean, you never, you don't often, you hear about hardworking women that you don't often hear about hard playing women. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I had an epiphany this weekend. Maybe you can help me with this. Congratulations. I, I, well, but you, what did it take to have an epiphany? The power was out, right? Oh, yes. The power yes, you couldn't was do out. your email. Couldn't. <laughs> You must have been sitting here with me. Couldn't do, couldn't do the emails. You know, maybe couldn't do some other things. But the question mark then is, what do we do then? You know, what is the journey like for us in this world we live in? You know, and, and when you talk about nothing left over, what do you mean in this world that we live in, the busy pace? Do you mean that we have nothing left over for others, nothing left over for ourselves, or that our soul has nothing left over? Well, um, I have to admit that the title for the book came from my publisher. Yes. <laughs> um, and what, what happened? Um, can I tell the story of what happened? Yes, yes. yes. We're going to skip this so break. So I was having ahead. dinner I was having dinner with um, a publishing friend, and I told him that I was about to quit my job, and he was stunned. Um, well, I had two jobs, but, but both of them were at Random House. I, um, I, I had my own imprint, but I also was the reprint rights director at Canop, holding auctions and things, and he had no idea that I was planning to quit. And um, so I told him that I... Um, I felt that if I if I didn't stop, I would just keep working until my life was over. So I had to draw a line in the sand. Mm. So he said, "Well, I want I want you to write a book for me." And I said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> he said, "I want you to write a book called Nothing Left Over." And I said, "Joel, um, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. What be, what would be in such a book?" And he said, "It would be um, a book." Um, about how to live the simple life. I said, so many people have already written a book about how to live a simple life that the world does not need another one and nor does publishing. And he said, no, no, yours would be different. I said, in what way? He said, well, you actually live it while all those other authors just write about it. I said, but what would be in this book? And he said, well, when you go to make a cup of tea, you boil water for only one cup of tea. Am I right? I said, yes. He said, doesn't everybody? And he said, no. I said, well, then they're wasting time, money, energy, and water. And mm. he laughed. And when it came to writing my second book, I threatened him, and I said, I'm going to write a book called Nothing Left Under. 
<laughs> I don't know what it would be about. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I I think that that I think you'll know exactly what that could be because there are so many things in here. You know, I talked about something really interesting today um, when I mentioned Dr. Wayne Dyer. And, you know, here I am thinking about that, thinking about him and reading your book at the same time. And I came to uh, a couple of different places in here that are so, so very important to think about. One of them, of course, is this idea of saying yes to a spiritual journey. And so we started the show by talking a little bit about yes. And then we talked about uh, giving up resistance. And... Yet, there are more books published now, which, of course, you probably know about, published now in the world about spirituality, no spirituality, spiritual journey, the soul, the purpose, all of that. And here's the question I'd like to to ask you. Are we born in a state of yes and learn no, or do we have to learn yes? What is it in in the realm of spirituality that is made easy for us, yet we add the difficulty too. Do you understand my, you know, what I'm asking? I do understand your question. Um, I don't know that I can speak authoritatively for that. <laughs> um, I know that in my in my own life, um, as I said right at the beginning, I had spent my first 25 years saying no whenever I could, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was only when I said yes to. Bob Gottlieb that um, things shifted. So, and I don't, but I don't know why I I said no. Um, I had never thought about it before, and I'm glad you asked. But I may need to think about it a lot to figure out why would I have. Maybe because so many people always said no to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do this. You can't. You mustn't do that. You, right. I don't know where that no comes from. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, don't think I, I think I, do. I. Well, I think I know for myself, and I don't know for other people. I know for myself that it comes from one place and one place only. Uh, and when I am connected to whatever you want to call it, God, higher power, source energy, whatever that means for you, when I am connected to that place, th- there is no th- no doesn't come in. When I'm not, fear comes in. And if I even have an inkling of fear and and fear's cousin, doubt, doubt for me is worse than fear. But if if I am plugged in to that, if I'm into fear and I'm into doubt, I'm not into my yes. But sometimes it is so difficult to to really understand that I'm even in it because somewhere along the line of my life, you know, like you – no became a way of being. No, you can't go to college. No, you'll never get out of New York. No, I mean, no was the dominant factor. But yet somewhere within us, we have a divine yes. And that's what I believe. You know, I believe that every one of us has a divine yes and that we have to learn the no. I I honestly don't believe we come in this world with a no. Because if we did, we wouldn't be breathing. And, you know, there wouldn't be those things that we learn as children that are so essential to us. And so for me, I was very fortunate to be raised 
by my uncles who lived in the world of possibilities who lived in you know the world of you know you can have you, you can have a doll and a, and a pair of boxing gloves and that was my influence early on and a mom you know my mom early on was about yeah i can be somebody that absolutely has a luncheonette in the bronx and be married with a couple of kids so those were, for me, reminders of my yes. I think so often we're not reminded. And I've had angels along the way, as I think you have. Angels along the way that must have reminded you of your yes. Anyway, that's my, that's my little version of that answer. Okay, <laughs> well, think about I, I'm certainly <laughs> going to think about this now because, okay. you know, it's actually a question that I've never um, thought about before. Uh-huh. I can tell you this, and I wonder if this is true for many people. When I've said no to something that was so right in my life, when I've said no, I could feel it in every cell of my body. I could feel the heaviness of it. Uh, and that's really been the indicator for me. You, you know, it's kind of like you were talking about. I... I I dialed the wrong phone number 13 years ago and I didn't hang up. That's a yes. And I didn't hang up and within 10 minutes I bought my first hour of airtime. So I think there are moments like that that you re reference in the book. I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just the beauty that you're painting. It's, it's just beautiful to know that we can choose yes at any point in time of our, or in our lives. And, you know, you talk about gratitude, and I would so love to have you share the importance gratitude has played in your life. Well, um, there's, there's uh, a dedication at the front of yeah. uh, one of my books. I don't know if it's that one or the second book, um, mm -hmm. Caught in the Act, but um, I, I thank all of my... Um, colleagues and friends and enemies because from every person you learn something even if it is what not to do so one can be grateful even for the things that look bad at the time and yeah. turn out afterwards to be a turning point for you uh, I don't think we should um, we should be very careful about refusing things Mm. Whether it's circumstances or well, gifts you can't can't refuse gifts really. Mm -hmm. Although I did hand one back once when somebody said dreadful <laughs> things to me, and I she had just handed me my Christmas present, so I huh? and, um, so I handed it back to her and walked away. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I I have one of those myself actually. But you know, she did call a year later on on uh -huh. um, Valentine's Day to apologize. <laughs> but I, I, in in principle, I think that um, that it's good to be grateful for everything that happens. Um, mm -hmm. In that, one must acknowledge that it has happened. You can't you can't say it didn't happen because it did. Mm -hmm. And you just have to use it as grist for the mill, even if it was painful, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things also, I, you know, I was really struck by is, you know, this idea 
of, uh, uh, and this is going to sound a little bit, you know, benign, but I too come from a family where the tradition of cleaning was very, very strong. <laughs> yes. An Italian grandmother gave me a toothbrush and taught me how to get on the floor and get, you know, get the corners. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I don't do that now. But, you know, you talk about it in the chapter on law, law and order. And I wanted to, first of all, thank you for today and joining me on the show and just sharing um, your journey with us. And I found it really interesting that there was even a chapter in the book on law and order. And I wanted to ask you in sort of closing here, you know, what does law and order, how has law and order come to guide you in, in life today? And thank you for joining me. So, um, well, I, um, when I'm presented with what other people see as a, as a choice, somebody says, you know, you could do this, or you could do that, or you could do a third thing. Uh-huh. And I don't um, I don't try and work it out, as my friend was trying to work it out with the jobs mm-hmm. that she hadn't been offered. I, I, it never occurs to me to do that. I, I hesitate for a second, maybe, and then I just go in one of the directions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a choice to me. So um, it feels more orderly or lawful, if you like, mm-hmm. that um, it's it's maybe not instinct, maybe it's intuition. Yeah. But I don't feel as though I'm making the decision. Right. I see these three things, but only one seems to me to be a solution. So I'm, I don't say... Well, on the one hand and on the one, you know, all of that thing. I I just, I I don't know how to do that. I don't either. I don't either. That's why you and I, when we dial a wrong phone number, we may not hang up right away. Thank you for today's show. (laughs) Thank you so much for today's show. It's been Uh, lovely, really lovely to share this conversation with you. It's so amazing. Thank you for all that you're doing. Uh, please give out your website right here before we hop off. Thank you so much. Okay. T-O-I-N-E-T-T-E-L-I-P-P-E.com. Enjoy. We're gonna take, yeah. Oh, it's just beautiful. We're going to take a short break. This book is really amazing, folks. Delightful. Take a journey with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 